Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning again, church, and I just want to welcome everybody, and thank you for joining us, and I hope you are able to participate from home. I know that we have come to the, almost to the end of the year, and now we are looking forward to the watch night service, which is on the 31st, as we come and enter into 2021. Even if you reflect back on the whole year, every month we look forward to something. As we come to January, we're looking at the Valentine's Day, then we look at the Family Day in February, then we look at the Good Friday and the Easter seasons, and the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, and the list goes on. So we keep on looking forward to something. And it's very disappointing in 2020 that the way that we anticipated or wanted to have the Christmas celebrations, we could not do that. So during the first Advent season, it was really disappointing for us as we came to Christmas because the Christmas celebrations were not the way that we wanted. So what is this Advent season? Now, historians say that by the 6th century, the Roman Christians had tied Advent to his second coming in the clouds as the judge of the world. That's what the historians have said. It was not until the Middle Age that the Advent was, season was explicitly linked to Christ's first coming as Christians. So we are all on the second Advent season for the past over 2,000 years. But as we look into the Word of God, it really scares us as we read this passage about the second coming. Andrew, I need the first slide, please. No, it's... Thank you. As we look into this verse, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief. It will come as a thief. It is not if he comes, but when he comes. He will come like a thief. It will be a sudden and without warning. But no exact details are listed. So with each passing day, church, we are one day closer to the final return. Then the question is, you may ask, then what, pastor? When he comes after that, what? If you look at the passage of Scripture, again, in Hebrews, it says very clearly, but as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So when the curtain comes down on us, and it is appointed to happen to every one of us, then what is judgment? 
two ways the curtain can come down. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ or when we take our last breath on earth. As to when that would happen, none of us are aware of. The rude awakening church is this, to know the reality of the brevity and the uncertainty of life. Now, no intelligence, no weapons, no human power could alter what has been decided for us. So it naturally begs the question from all of us, Pastor, what do I do as I wait? How are we to live our lives? And Peter gives us an answer in 2 Peter 3.11. He says, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So what Peter is saying here, there are three things Peter says in this, in this passage. He says, firstly, we should live holy and godly lives. What does that mean? Warren VSB says this, Christians should be different, not odd. When you are different, you attract people. When you are odd, you repel them. So we have been called as Christians to be different, to attract people, to live holy and godly life. Secondly, we find in this, we look forward to Christ's second coming. So realizing Christ is coming should make us invest our precious days in what truly matters in this world. It is in God and others. Thirdly, from this passage, we should be actively praying for His second coming and speed its coming. That's what he says. So church, as we come to the end of 2020 and we are about to go into 2021, I I want to remind all of us we are one year closer to the imminent return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So today, I want to draw our attention to a first century servant of God who was piously, expectantly, and excitedly, and eagerly, he was waiting during the first advent for the coming of the Messiah. So the question is, what lessons can we learn as we too are piously, expectantly, and excitedly, and eagerly waiting for the second, in, the, in the second advent season for the return of the Messiah? So his name was Simeon, and he was a waiter. We know virtually nothing about this Simeon, but we know he was playing the waiting game. So what was he waiting for? For the coming of the Messiah. And he had waited a long time, very patiently. So that's the story we are going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. We are going to look at verses 21 to 35. Let's see what we can learn from this waiter during this first advent, his behavior that would teach us what we could do or we should do as we wait during the second advent. What impact would the life of Simeon would have on ours? As we go through this passage, I see there are four simple but very different pertinent lessons that we can learn from Simeon. So let us read the passage. First, let me me give you the context here. 
Now, I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verse 21 to 23. The first three verses, we look at it. If you look at verse 21, and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. As you look at the, I'm, I'm only establishing the context here. There are three different aspects of the Old Testament law that are intertwined in these verses. So follow along carefully. In the first verse, in verse 21, the law required that all male children be circumcised on the eighth day after, verse, after, after their birth. So that is in verse 21. Now when you look at verse number 22, now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Who are they? That's Mary and Joseph. So the law also required that women wait 40 days after the birth of a son before presenting themselves in the temple for their purification. That's what you are seeing in verse 22. Now if you go to verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. The law also required that the mother and father present their firstborn son before the Lord. That's what you're seeing Joseph and Mary doing here. Why? To be redeemed by the offering of a sacrifice. And that's what you're seeing in verse number 23. So all three things are happening in these verses. Verse 21 spoke of after eight days after Christmas, it took place. And 22 and 23, it takes place 33 days later. The circumcision that we are looking at could have taken place in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. But the presentation and redemption had to take place only in Jerusalem. The purification is actually a fulfillment of Leviticus chapter 12 and the redemption is a fulfillment of Exodus chapter 13. These are very important things to note as we study this passage. It is a fulfillment of the Old Testament laws. That's what you're seeing here. Now Luke starts to write about Simeon in verse number 25. Let's look at that. He says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So there are several questions may arise in our minds. Is this biography about Simeon, is it fact or is it fable? Is it a story? So before we look more carefully at this story, I want to remind you that it's not a fairy tale or a legend that we are looking at. Because Luke, as you read the, the gospel according to Luke, he begins his gospel by telling his first reader, Theophilus, that he had very carefully investigated everything and he had written it out. And he says the reason for writing this Luke narrative, he said, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. So in other words, the NIV puts it this way, so that you may know the certainty of things you have been taught. So church, I want us to understand, it's an important thing for us to keep in mind, because hope based on fairy tales is not solid hope. But hope 
built on truth will do for you what it did for Simeon. So let's establish that first. So let's examine the text now and see what lessons we can learn. What do we know about Simeon from this passage? Now, some scholars have suggested that Simeon was the son of the famous rabbi Hillel and the father of Paul's tutor Gamaliel. Now, he was not necessarily old as we may picture because if you check the Lucan narrative, he doesn't say he's an old man. He says he was a man. He was simply a man. But he lived in Jerusalem. That's very important because Jerusalem is the center of Jewish religious, I'm going to use the word corruption at that time. There was little true religion in Israel when Christ was born. The doctrines of the Pharisees and Sadducees had spoiled that. There was a form of godliness that we can see even today, like what we can see today in Canada, in North America, around the world. Yet in Jerusalem, in the midst of this, there lived a man as one of God's true ones. He was a common man, but the Bible says, as you look at this, he was righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was a morally upright man who was fully consecrated to God. He was truly a religious, godly man. And what else can we see from this passage? If you look at the passage again, Simon was a man of great hope. He was looking for the consolation of Israel, the consolation that would come through the Messiah. Simon's life, as you read this, is marked by devotion to the Word of God and faithfulness to the promises of God. So who is he? There are four encouraging truths to be drawn from Simon's life. Sorry, Simeon's life. May each of these truths encourage our walk with the Lord. So the first thing that we see, and I'm going to explain that in a minute, Simon, Simeon was compliant to the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. Simeon was compliant to the Holy Spirit. He was obedient, submissive to the Holy Spirit. When you look at the verse 25, the latter part of 25, it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And verse number 26, the first part says, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So the first lesson that we are learning you could write it down. We should be compliant to the Holy Spirit. Be compliant to the Holy Spirit. So Simeon allowed himself to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Church, the Simeon name means he who hears. Now we know from the Bible scripture, we know in the book of Romans, we find that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So this suggests that Simeon spent much of his time poring over the scriptures. The prophecy of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was known from the time of Adam and Eve. How did Simeon know that? Because he studied the word of God. He, was, he lived in the midst of religious apostasy, but yet he was a man who was diligently studying the word of God. Why do I say that? Because the Pharisees and the religious law experts 
also studied, they memorized, and they learned it. Because that is how the children were brought up those days. But they missed the mark that identifying Christ of Christmas as the promised Messiah. They missed the mark. But because Simeon, in whom the Holy Spirit resided, and when the Holy Spirit revealed to him the identity of the Christ of Christmas, Simeon knew the details plan of the birth. He can recall every prophecy about Christ in the Old Testament. Simeon understood the fulfillment of the prophecy that will happen in the person of Christ. As you go through the book of Daniel, every book speaks about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in one way or the other. So the Old Testament Jews revered the scriptures. Nevertheless, they could not understand the mystery of the birth of Christ. But on the contrary, what was different in Simeon? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God, he was taught by the Word of God, he was obedient to the will of God, therefore, he was privileged to see the salvation of God. I want to repeat this, a very powerful lesson for us to take. Simeon was full of the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Spirit of God, he was taught by the Word of God, he was obedient to the will of God, that is why he was privilege to see the salvation of God. He is proof that a life led by the Holy Spirit will be righteous and devout. It is a life that always looks for God in every circumstances. Because Holy Spirit Church is residing in every one of us believers. That's what we find in the book of Ephesians. He is ministering to us every moment of our lives. In the midst of all the voices that we hear in this world, we are not able to sieve out and tune to the Word of God if we are not going to hear the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit within us. So how do we hear the voice of God? That's what God, Jesus gives an answer in John chapter 14, verse 21, and we see this on the screen now. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. We have the command, the word of God. We have to obey them and demonstration of love to God. And when we do that, we will be loved by God, and not only that, we will be revealed the truth of God. God will show himself to us. That's what they're learning here. Going back to, for us to not only understanding the word of God, but obeying the word of God. That's what Jesus says here. Simon wasn't there in the temple because he had special revelation. He was there to see the Savior because, church, because he paid attention to what many others had not taken the time to see. He was there because he listened to the voice that so many others had allowed to be drowned out by the hustle and bustle of life. Church, the same gospel is presented to every person across the globe, when, even in the missions field, even here in North America, even here in Mississauga, even every church as we are preaching the gospel. The message is heard by everyone. But how is it processed within yourself? How do you receive that? 
So likewise, Simeon actually teaches us when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives, God will reveal his deeper truths of Scripture to us. But are we like the Pharisees? Though they had eyes, they did not see, and ears, they did not hear. Remember, church, both Jews who rejected Christ and Simeon had the same information. Same information they had. But it is the Holy Spirit in him revealed the truth. Simeon was paying close attention to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And the impact of that revelation on Simeon was significant and life-changing. So for us to be compliant to the Holy Spirit, we ought to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, as you look at the Old Testament, Prophet Isaiah, the Lord pleads through Prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 50. He said, listen, listen to me and eat what is good. Your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. This is a plea from the Lord. And Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 15. He says, when your words came, you know what Jeremiah says? I ate them. I ate them, he says, when your words came. The problem with many of us is that we read God's word. Please pay attention to this. And we are not feeding on God. We are reading God's word. We are more uh, intent on mastering the text, finding out the precise meaning, gathering theories and theologies so that we can talk more intelligently about God. But the main purpose of reading the Bible, church, is not to accumulate data about Him. We are not historians. We are not writing history books. But to come to Him, to encounter Him as our living Savior. Jesus said to the best-read Bible students of his day, it's, it's the Pharisee, he says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. And Jesus corrects them. These are the scriptures that testify about me. If you do not know the Christ of Christmas, no matter how scholarly you can be with the scriptures, you have missed the mark. Many read the Bible, they do not listen to God. That's what Jesus says, he told the Jews, he said, they never heard his voice. Only the sheep can hear the voice of the shepherd. So we should do more than reading the words. We should seek the word exposed in the words. We want to be moved beyond information to seeing God and being informed and shaped by his truth. So as we read and meditate on the word, the words of the Lord are seeds sown in our hearts by the sower. They have to fall into our hearts to grow. So we need to add meditation and prayer. It must water them and the obedience, that's the key word, obedience, keep them in the light. So let me ask the first question to you. Are we compliant to the Holy Spirit? If so, we'll be obedient to his prompting. It will be reflected in our daily walk. We will have short accounts with Him. I'm not saying that we will not sin. I'm not saying that we will not fail. I'm not saying in, at times we may get angry and lose ourselves. But do we have short accounts with God? 
Will the others say that our walk matches our talk? Of course, in the church they might say it, but will your children say, about, say this about you? Will your spouse say this about you? That's what matters, church. So the first lesson that we learn is that Simeon is that he was compliant to the Holy Spirit. Now, the second one we are going to look at, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about, is be prepared to meet the Maker. Because as we look at verse number 28 to 29, we see that Simeon was prepared to die. Boy, it's a very heavy thing for someone to say, isn't it? I am prepared to die. So when the parents brought, the child, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, verse number 28 says, he took him up in his arms. Who, who did that? Simeon took the baby up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you, have, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. I like the NIV translation. Simeon took him in the arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, he says, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. You know, on that particular evening, I just want, um, evening or morning, I don't know, but on that particular day when the baby was brought, I want you to picture this. There were so many parents and so many babies would have been brought to the temple every passing day, isn't it? So many. But the Holy Spirit urged Simeon, that's him. Here he is. Have you ever thought about that? How did he know that this is Mary and this is the baby? Unless the Holy Spirit had prompted him and directed him directly. And he obeyed. All doubts were swept aside. This is the one the prophets had written about. So verse 28 that he says as Simeon gazed into the baby's face, the face of God manifest in the flesh when he looked at the baby. He was instantly, he was ready to die. And death was no longer a devourer but a deliverer for him. But notice what does the releasing in, in verse 28, it is the Lord who releases. You know what that tells you? You have no right to take your life. The Lord has released you from this world, no matter what suffering that you may be going through in this world. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. God is the author and finisher of faith. He alone has set appointed time and the Christian to die. The Christian serves and simply trusts the Lord and the Lord knows best when is the time that you should be called home. Death, in fact, frees the believer in Christ from the burden of this life and leads into the blessings of the next life. So if I ask you this question directly, don't answer me. Are you ready to leave this world? Are you ready to depart in peace? Church, the Bible doesn't say, get ready. The Bible says, be ready. Every moment, be ready, because death can come anytime. Are we prepared to meet the Savior? Have we made to correct preparations in our lives? What would hold you back? I was reminded of a story of a granny who will always go on her knees and he cries out, God, take me home, take me home, I'm so tired of this life. 
So one day the grandchildren wanted to have some fun, so they all went under the bed. They were hiding, and the, when the granny said, take me home, they started lifting the bed up. Granny was so freaking out, and she shouted, oh no, you can't be serious, God. Please don't take me home. I was just kidding. You see, I mean, Simeon was ready to die and depart in peace, but his life encourages us that the same can be true for us should death come unexpectedly. I know when we travel to other countries, we need our passports, our tickets, our visas, and our bags. Some time ago, my wife was going to Sri Lanka, and when, she, when I left her at the airport, and she was boarding the aircraft, and she was in the flight, when I realized that she has not take, taken her visa to go to Sri Lanka, you could apply online. So I came running home, and I applied online. So before she landed in Sri Lanka, she had her visa. We cannot do it with death. There is no second chance. Once you leave the airport, once you board the aircraft, there's no returning. No one can help by proxy. The way I help my wife to arrive there safely and for the immigration letter in, we can't do that about life. It is you and God. It has been said only those by faith that have had the sight of Christ can with courage see death and look it in the face without terror. Church, I have seen very few Christians, committed believers, who have tasted and experienced death, faced death joyously. And one of which is my Barnabas, who was taken to be with the Lord, my brother Ivan. I saw it in his eyes. With joy, he was able to release himself. So the Christians must be ready to meet the Lord and you can say, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? It is encouraging to note the word release here. You know, when, when the word release Simeon is using here, let me, uh, letting your servant depart in peace, another term is release or depart, it means is it releasing a prisoner. To untie a ship and let it sail. To take down, a to unyoke the beast of burden in you. Wow. If you think about it in those terms, you would really want to be with the Lord. You would want to live. Simeon lived a life with eternity in mind. How about you? What is holding you back? Is it your house? Is it your job? Is it your children? Is it your recognition in this world? Is it this worldly possession? Because you are going to leave every single one of them one day. As you have heard this said many times, no, you all is going to be attached to the hearse. You are going by yourself. Paul says this very clearly, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and a time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. You can only be prepared, church. If you know for sure where you are going, if you know for sure the, the, the benefits and the blessings that you have in, the, in, in your place of uh, destiny, only a child of God can ever enter into the house of God. Only a child of God. And you can call it is my home. Are you a child of God? Can you embrace death? You want to be like Simeon? You got to be a child of God. And you can comfortably say, yes, when I leave this, I know where I'm going. There's a blessing that is waiting for me. And, and John, 
Apostle John, excuse me, he puts it so beautifully. He says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Not to everybody. We're all creations of God when we were born. There came a time in our life became children of God. When, verse number 12 in John chapter 1, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Church, powerful words. Are you a child of God? So from the life of Simeon, we have seen true truths that would help us in our life as we are waiting in the second advent for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one we saw was, you must be compliant to the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we must be prepared to meet the Maker. And the thirdly, we are going to verses 32 30, 32. I'll give, I'll give you my point. is be burdened for the lost souls. Simeon cared for the lost souls. Look at this passage. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have, been, you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people Israel. It is clear, church, Simeon knew that Jesus was the light of the world. He was not just a candle in the Jewish candlestick. He was the light of the world. Simeon could see beyond his own agenda, his own people, his own nation, into the divine plan of God. Through which he knew that all people could be reconciled to him through this son, Jesus Christ. And the book of Isaiah, I'm sure this flashed back on Simeon. That's what I said he was a diligent student of the scriptures. Look at this. In Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Talking about whom? About the Messiah. About the Christ of, uh, Christ of Christmas. Now as Simeon came and held the baby, this passage was brought to his mind. That's what he was able to say. I will give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. The salvation was not just for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles as well. And we should particularly say thank you Jesus for that, isn't it? That we have been included in that package that God gave to us. Simon knew as he was standing there, he, would, he could knew that in the future Jesus was going to tell Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He knew that at that time. By faith he knew it. By faith he knew that Paul would say this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is no bond or free. There is neither male nor female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. Simeon was burdened for the lost people. So let me ask you three questions here very quickly. While we are waiting in the second advent, while we are waiting for the Lord to come, while we are getting ourselves ready, here's a question that we need to ask what we are learning from Simeon. He was burdened for the lost ones. Let me ask you these questions to each one of you. What are you doing? What are we doing to show that we care for the lost souls? What are we doing to reach a lost and dying world? What are we doing to help those who are walking around in darkness? Simple questions, church. Because Simeon knew only the Christ of Christmas can save the lost. 
can set the captives free, can bring light into those darkness, can give sight to those who are blind, can heal the brokenhearted, can bring salvation to all who, come, who call upon his name. Church, during this Christmas time, when you see a sales sign in some, some grocery stores or some retail stores, I'm sure you're going to tell your friends and your families, oh, go and buy this one because it's going on sale. Because you want others to reap the benefit that you have received. See, the greatest indescribable gift what the gift can do to you and me. What are we doing about it? It's showing that we care for the lost souls. What are we doing to reach a lost and dying world? What are we doing to help those who are walking around? So we looked at three things from Simeon, and we are going to move to the last one. The first one I said, be compliant to the Holy Spirit. The next one is be prepared to meet the Maker. The third one is be burdened for the souls. And we go to the last one now, to verses 33, 34 and 35. 34. Uh, let me read from 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which are spoken of him. Verse 33. There was Joseph and Mary standing there and hearing everything that Simeon was, oh boy, is this my child? I didn't know this. New revelation for them. Then, look at what Simeon did. Let me give you the point and I'll walk you through this. Be diligent in spreading the word. Be diligent in spreading the word. That's what you're seeing in Simeon here. Let me tell you. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a I'll come to that in a minute. Now, all these statements that he's speaking here are very painful statement. They are not something, to, oh, your child is going to be an engineer or a doctor. He's going to be a prime minister of this country. That's not what Simeon is saying. He is saying something that is going to be very painful to the parents. You know how he is saying it? He was diligent in speaking from the word. That's what he's saying. He's using the word. Now, Simeon was a source of blessing to Mary and Joseph because he shared the word of God with them. Because you are always safe to share the word of God. Because the word of God will do what? It will do its work. You don't, they don't, God doesn't need your help. Speak the word. So when speaking about Christ in this passage, Simeon is actually using three important images. And I'll explain that to you. There's a stone and a sign and a sword. Let me explain to you. In, in, in the first one, behold, this child is destined to the, for the fall and rising of many in Israel. That is actually a stone if you look at the Old Testament. Because Jesus Christ in many in Israel would fall in conviction and rise in salvation. Now Simeon knew this from prophet Isaiah. Who wrote about this, about Christ. This is what is written. Look at this passage. I hope I have it on the screen. Yes. He will be a sanctuary. Again, prophecy. How does Simeon know that he would be, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many because he studied the word of God. And this is what he's saying. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. He knew that. A stone is an important Old Testament image of God. In Psalm 18, we see the Lord is my rock. In Psalm 71, David says, God, you are my rock. Acts 4.11, Messiah would be a rejected cornerstone. 
Romans, Paul writes in chapter 9, and the nation of Israel would stumble over him. Even today, God's people, Israel, stumble over the cross. And Paul writes to the saints in Corinth, he says, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block for, to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. Before I go further, is the gospel a stumbling block for you? Is it foolishness for the elite? Yes. That's why people debate about this. They think you are crazy when you talk about the second coming of Christ. Because it is foolishness to the elite. How about you? How about you? Forget about the elite. So then he says, he talks about the stone, a stone, and then he says, a sign which will be spoken against. What does that mean? A sign uh, here is the Son of Man signaling the arrival of kingdom, presence, power, and person, what's going to come. That is what it means, the sign here. Spoken against means is that describing the insults and abuse and mockery and hatred at the time of his crucifixion that Jesus would face from the unbelieving Israel. So basically, Simeon is foretelling the future opposition to Jesus. And we know, church, from history what happened to Jesus when he was nailed on the cross. Even today, people are speaking against his second coming. We can see the same thing happening today when you talk about the second coming. Then in verse 35, he says this. Then Simeon, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul and that, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The image of the sword was for Mary alone. And it spoke of the suffering and sorrow that she would bear as the mother of the Messiah. You know, just a side note here. Did you notice here that you might wonder why not mentioned about Joseph? He says a sword, and, and it's speaking to Mary here. This suggests that Joseph was dead when Christ began his earthly ministry 30 years later. Now, Simeon, being a diligent student of the Scriptures, having known about the Messiah from the Old Testament prophecies, he was able to share the word of God with Mary. People are blessed when we, by faith, share the word of God with them. You know what, church? As we are counseling people, as we are confronting people, many times what we do, we use our own intelligence and wisdom to speak to them. I remember once I was going to the hospital, and there was a person who was dying of cancer. And the doctors did the palliative care. How do you go and comfort those people? What words can you say? You know what you ought to do? Do not use your own words. Speak the word of God. And when I left that place, the family came around and said, Pastor, thank you for encouraging us. I didn't use any of my words. I just read from the word of God. So what we are learning from here is that we must be diligent of spreading the word because the word is so powerful. Don't rely on your intelligence. Don't rely on your wisdom. So church, as I close this message, we are in the second advent waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we live this life? Peter says very clearly, be holy, live a godly life. Yes, but how do you practically do that? What does it really mean? That's the lesson we are learning from Simeon here. There are four things we studied about, and I'll, it'll appear on the screen as we go through this. Be compliant to the Holy Spirit. We ought to be obedient to the Word of God, every one of us. 
Number two, we must be prepared to meet the maker. We ought to live in this world with eternity in mind. Number three, we must be burdened for the lost souls. We ought to care for the lost souls. What are we doing about this? And last but not last is, we ought to be diligent in spreading the word. We ought to be devoted to the word of God. So I truly pray that as we enter into 2021, as we bring this year to a close, worship team, if you could come, I would encourage all, every one of you, please, to write these four points very clearly in your, in your diaries, in your, uh, put in, write in a piece of paper and slip it in your Bibles. Use this as a checklist each passing day while you come together for a family prayer. And I pray that you will be like Simeon. Be ready to depart. But at the same time, you are compliant to the Holy Spirit. You are prepared to meet the Maker anytime. But at the same time, while you are living in the second advent, you are burdened for the lost souls. And you are going to bless them, speak to them by the Word of God. Be diligent in spreading the Word.